Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1. Though so many people pretend to be above it, almost anyone who's ever used the internet has been influenced. Social media is just full of people telling you what to buy, why you should buy it. But now we have de-influencing, a trend that's taken over TikTok and influencers tell you why you need a product. De-influencers are trying to convince you of the exact opposite. Well, to tell us all about it, I'm joined by Fanula Moran, who's a broadcaster and sustainability activist. You're very welcome. Thank Thank you for being here. So this trend is a reaction against the rampant promotion of products on social media and the consumerism that eventually follows. I mean, that, that's what the model is built on, right? But it has really stepped up on TikTok since January of this year. Just explain to us what's been happening. Yeah, it's kind of popped off. It's been around since 2020. It was Maddie B. Wells, TikTok user with 303,000 followers, originally coined the term back then. She was talking about all these products that always got returned while she was working in retail. But more recently, there was a lash lighting, which is a play on the word gaslighting, for this uh, mascara ad that went off on TikTok. And everyone thought that the influencer promoted it was wearing false eyelashes. So that's when mm-hmm. it really really kicked off and people started going She was, wasn't she? Because they they (laughs) fell off mid-demo. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's when it all kicked off then and since then it's kind of gone in a really two-pronged way. One part of it is really good and it's people addressing hyper-consumption and how we all present ourselves and our homes and every aspect of our lives need to be a reflection of ourselves now. I think even Dermot Bannon joked about it in the most recent series of Room to Improve. He's like, since when does your kitchen counter have to say something about your personality? So it's all of these things that social media have convinced us like we need to show up in the most perfect version of ourselves in every single place. Um, So one really good part of it is the anti-consumption message and just stepping away from all of that. But the other side of it is just people promoting different products. So Ah, it's still very much traditional influencing. A cynical cynical way of of going about selling still. Influencing though, just to look at the size of that business, um, just talk to me a little bit about the numbers there. Yeah, so in 2022, the global influencer market was predicted to be worth 15 billion US dollars and it's expected to reach 22.2 billion US dollars by 2025. So it's absolutely massive. It's growing at a really, really rapid rate. I think it's 37% of us on Facebook and TikTok are going to make a purchase this year on those platforms. And then 35% of us on Instagram are set to make a purchase on that platform this year as well. So you can see why the money is going in those directions. And what are people buying in the main? Is it fashion and makeup or totally does it go beyond that? depends on the niche that you follow into. So if you're someone that loves following all the fashion influencers that'll probably be what you're buying if it's interiors that you love it'll probably be that and you can really see why brands want to spend there in Ireland the Digital Marketing Institute found that brands see as much as a 17 euro return on every one euro spent so that's absolutely huge and you'd be hard pushed to find another channel of marketing Mm -hmm. that's going to give you that kind of return on investment You mentioned there about the need now for our kitchen counter to say something (laughs) about our personality but the fact is we've all been convinced that we need all Mm. of these things that we didn't know we needed before, like several different shades of foundation or a different outfit for every day. Yeah, and there has always been influencers. Like I think it was Jackie O way back when she put the pillbox hat on, she made Halston go viral overnight. So we've always kind of had these viral trends. We've just never had it to the extent where someone can target you when you're feeling a bit low and you can have that affiliate link, which is where you're clicking straight through a link on someone's say Instagram story and they're getting a percentage of the sale that they make if you buy the thing that they've told you to buy. Mm -hmm. So we've never had this level of access to people in whatever mood at every time and 
bit of the day to be able to sell to them. So that's how it's all gone really, really intense now. And how do you rate the strength of the de-influencer movement? Because the power of the influencer movement is huge. Like, is what the pushback? Is it just a drop in the ocean or is it more than that? I think it'll be a bit of a flash in the pan trend. I don't have huge hopes for this being the end of capitalism and consumerism and everything else that might be kind of pushing the climate crisis down into a darker place. But it is giving a nice online space now for people to question, do I need to buy all of these things I'm being told to buy, to look past the hype, to look past the virality and go, okay, maybe there's an online space here where I can be creating more creative content or I can be doing different things and it's not all consumption led. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not bashing influencers at all here. I work in the space as well and I did my master's thesis on how to make the influencing industry more sustainable. But a lot of the people that I was interviewing, they said they've kind of fallen into this line of work. They're not really thinking about what they're doing as a business model. So if product pushing and brand deals are just the automatic thing that we go to in that space, there's other different ways now we can look at being more creative there. So lots of people are doing community events now, which is a really nice non-consumption based way to go about it. Uh, TikTok and Instagram have both brought in gifting, which is kind of like Patreon or uh, Ko-Fi, any of those platforms where you can pay creators directly for content that they like. So whether that's doing comedy posts or other things, it makes them less reliant on doing these brand deals. Yeah, that's my next question. How do you make de-influencing commercially viable for people? I suppose some of those bits that I've just mentioned there, it's kind of having a really sort of proactive think, I think, about what you want to be influencing people to do. If you go on the platforms every day and all of us are influencers, whether it's just your friends or family or like 100,000 people looking at you, we all are influencing the people around us. So if you are thinking about that and saying, I want people who come onto my page to feel positive or to feel inspired and if you think about different ways you can do that be that sharing like quotes or lovely different uplifting things instead of saying buy this buy this buy this all the time mm-hmm. you can really kind of work out a different way to show up on those platforms So who are the good Irish de-influencers now Fanula in your opinion? Brilliant um, The Useless Project is a really fun one that I love they have kind of started off as a sustainability thing and taught us all how to move away from fast fashion and different things like that and they do lots of creativity meetups now and um, there's lots of brilliant people doing things like that in Ireland be it hiking you've got like Nadia Daly Self and um, we've got Clodagh Scanlon doing sea swimming Ashton Daly does hiking as well Yoga at Moore is brilliant for obviously yoga and um, there's Dan O'Faz as well who does running Ros Purcell is obviously great for the hiking too so anyone who's doing community events I think is the antidote to a lot of what upbeat social media makes us sad so while they might also do some traditional influencing they've got those different little bits worked into their business models as well now um, the one I think that really stands out for me is Laura DeBarra the home where yes. we and everything else she gives us exactly Uh, and a million other things she's so many hats but she gives us so many hacks about how to run her home so efficiently and she could make a fortune if she chose to from selling us interiors and selling us lots of different products clean talk is a huge thing where people fill their toilets and anything else they need to clean with insane amounts of chemicals and all these different cleaning products and then they'll sell them she could make a fortune off the back of that as well but instead she just chooses to share her bit of expertise and I really really appreciate her for that because she's made it a very non-consumer space. It's just all about learning, which I think is a really, really good way to go yeah, about the platform. I, mean, as well. I would imagine for influencers, that's a very hard choice to make because, as you said, there's lots of money on offer for people who you know are, are ready and prepared to, to sell products. The other thing you were saying to me uh, just before we came on air, Fanula, was that we have a choice as consumers as to what we want to see and what we want to to take part in on our on our feeds. Absolutely, I think the ASAI had stats that one in 10 of us don't trust or that 
one in 10 of us don't trust influencers. The opposite of that. I'm terrible at numbers. So we don't trust 90% of influencers. Mm-hmm. And yet which we buy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mad. I think there's two prongs to that as well. Obviously, there's influencers who are being really shady. And I saw brilliant stuff from the ASAI this morning as well, that they're going to be using AI now to find people who aren't disclosing stuff that they should be. So it becomes a more transparent We're using the ad like, or sponsorship Exactly. Hashtag. Because that brings down everyone in the industry then, even the people who are doing it well, because that frustration carries over to all of us. But also, we as consumers of this content as well have a massive responsibility to curate our feeds as we want them. So if I see someone who's promoting stuff that I think is morally reprehensible or with companies that I don't agree with or anything like that, all I have to do is hit unfollow. If there's someone who's showing up every day telling me that like, I'm better than you because I have this, that and the other, I can unfollow them and I can unfollow all of these or I can actually follow all of these people who are inspiring me instead and showing me fun stuff and creative things and just Mm -hmm. being really nice parasocial relationships because that's what these are at the end of the day. We probably see a lot of these people more than we see our friends and family. You have to be very proactive to do that because the algorithm really is in control unless you take control. There's a few things you can do now. TikTok particularly, you can switch between for you, which is the people that they've brought together off the algorithm or just the people that you're following. So you can just see content from the people you've chosen to follow. And then on Instagram as well, there's a way you can get rid of all suggested posts off your feed as well for, I think it's 30 days at a time. So you just have to click that then. So that's a way that you can, again, just see what you're following. So you have total control over that space. Fanula, it's very fascinating talking to you. Thank you very much. A whole new eye on uh, influencers and de-influencers. That's Fanula Moran, who's a broadcaster and sustainability activist. We'll be back after this break. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.